Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast, talking about Matthew Pryor. My voice is very deep tonight because I've got a bit of a throat thing going on still. It's been a few days, but now my voice is like just just, uh, just doing a thing. I'm going to put a... I've got some uh, Manuka Honey Vitamin C lozenges. So I'm going to put one in my mouth while I do this. Hopefully it doesn't sound too much like I'm sucking on a lozenge. <laughs> Matthew Pryor, to a child of quality, is a big old yikes. Still, the others were playful and simple. I liked the language of these poems. Um, I liked that they didn't seem to take themselves too serious. They were just for a bit of fun. Um, but yeah, that one poem was a bit of a yikes. bit of a kind of moment. Matthew Pryor, says Swim, was a poet and an experienced diplomat and is noted for the range of work that he produced from humorous poems to more ambitious epic works. Although he was largely successful as a poet, he often treated it as a pleasurable pastime rather than a true calling. Yeah, I like that. And when you say that he was a humorous poet, it makes me think maybe that yikesy poem, and I'm sure this is the case, but it was just meant to be a bit silly and funny and not taken too literally. While he was busier on the diplomatic front than as a poet, Pryor used writing verse as a means for obtaining extra income. He is considered the most important poet right in England between the death of John Dryden 1700, and the poetic maturity of Alexander Pope, 1712. Also, he got got a 12-year little snippet where he was the most important poet. Oh, you'll take it. 12 years is better than nothing. A significant influence on British and German poetry throughout the 18th century prior had an effect on several different forms, long philosophical poems, either serious or half-mocking. Horatian imitations, psychologically realistic tales and polished metrical songs and lyrics. His influence was still plainly discernible in Britain, Germany and the United States throughout the 19th century. Well, there you go. I'm glad because... Sorry, I'm swapping my my lozenge from one side of my mouth to the other. Um... The language was kind of a bit of a breath of fresh air, like it was so plain, so playful. Um, It wasn't asking you to, you know, dish out compliments. You know, some poets, it's like they're trying too hard to get you compliments, to be too clever. And um, I think there's good taste involved in a poet who you get the sense they could probably do that but they don't because it's not tasteful um today's poet is a man called william walsh born 1663 died 1708 the poem is called rivals it goes like this Of all the torments, all the cares, with which our lives are cursed, of all the plagues a lover bears, some sure rivals are the worst. 
by partners in each other kind, afflictions easier grow. In love alone we hate to find companions of our woe. Sylvia, for all the pangs you see are labouring in my breast. I beg not you would favour me, would you but slight the rest. How great soever your rigours are, with them alone I'll cope. I can endure my own despair, but not another's hope. That's our poem. Hey, guess what? Today's, I mean, tomorrow's poet is another female poet, our third. So that's exciting. they got to come around every now and then, don't they? Awesome. So, we've got a female t- tomorrow. And I can see that this particular female poet lived for 81 years, which also makes me very happy, because as I'm scrolling, something I've noticed, all these poets lived tremendously short lives, and it's kind of startling to think, well, did everyone just die at like 30 or 40 back then? Crazy. All right, folks, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.